0: Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, before I uh, jump into first of all, thank you for the wonderful welcome. Thank you for this incredible worship. How awesome was that worship? I mean, you guys hopefully realize how awesome that is. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing. So um, I give you a little more information on myself, but first of all, let me apologize because I'm from Washington, just as Monica was speaking to. So the weather came ahead of me. Um, <laughs> that I was getting out of it, found it. It was waiting here for me. Uh, but my wife and I, we've really enjoyed ourselves. This is my wife, Cindy, right there. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah. Married 20, 20 great years, uh, in my opinion. Uh, 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 <laughs> okay. In my opinion, I just wanted to make sure I qualified it. Uh, but uh, no, but I'm really excited to be here. I'm going to be speaking uh, with you this morning. It's an honor to be able to speak with you. i tell you, right from the beginning, I feel like I'm at home. So I will function like I'm at home. You're going to probably notice a couple things. One is, uh, I have a towel in my hand, and that is because I sweat. Uh, I, I sweat when I speak. I've been told, you know, it's my, well, my mother would say it's because I'm special. But, you know, uh, you know how moms are. They just not try to make anything sound like it's a blessing in disguise. Uh, uh, But anyhow, uh, I'm telling you this simply because I I love talking uh, about the Lord because of what Jesus has actually done in my life. I like to call myself an inspired practitioner because I've seen him actually work in my life. I'm not sharing opinions. I'm just going to share what he's done for me. I know I'm not alone uh, because anointing is definitely in this place. Uh, But I am here to encourage you. It is by my nature that I sound like a coach. I'm used to being coach. That's just how I function. So understand, do not confuse my passion with anger. (laughs) Not angry. (laughs) Just passionate, okay? okay? So I do get excited, especially talking about the Lord. He's been so good. Uh, uh, but the other thing that I am uh, uh, is very important for you to understand is I really believe that the best get want to get better. And I'm a coach by nature. This is how I learned. So I also, uh, I played football for a, a few years. And uh, uh, is you know they may they have various purposes. The crowd may love it, but I've never seen a team win a game because of the cheerleaders. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, actually, we got to be coached. Right? It's the coaches. And sometimes when you get coached, you coach your coach forward. The goal is to coach to greatness, not coach to weakness. So I'm going to speak to the greatness in you today. I am not going to speak to the weakness in you. So I'm going to challenge the greatness in you. Why do I say that? I say that for this reason. At times you can hear something that sounds like you want to argue with. And that's fine. But make sure the part of you that's arguing isn't the greatness in you. But sometimes it's the weakness in you. It's sometimes hearing what you actually need to hear to get you to the level you should be functioning at. My grandma used to say it best. She says, unfortunately, son, too many believers, people who have accepted Jesus in their lives, we live beneath our privilege. We live beneath our privilege. There's, the only thing worse, and we talk about this in sports, is not how well you perform against your peers. The reason why you don't want to ever measure yourself of how well you're doing against someone else because who you're going against might not be that good. <laughs> Let that settle a little bit, okay? But more importantly, what potential is actually inside you? What has been placed in you? And I know for a fact for all of us, there is a power within us according to the scripture that says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So we have to ensure that he that is in the world does not distract us from the greatness that is within us. Does that make some sense? So I just ask for permission to do that, and then we're going to jump right into it. So my subject matter today is about being fearless, fearless, fearless. I'm not just talking about fearless. I'm talking about the uh, context, but here's what, the reason we're going to talk about fearless. There is something you desire. I think every single person here, there's something you're looking for God to do in your life. There's something you need him to do. There's something you may be already working on. A restoration of a relationship, maybe a marriage. It doesn't mean the marriage is broken. It's just severely mediocre. Okay. 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 Uh, it, it might be a relationship with a loved one, a sibling, a child. It might be a job situation. There might be something in you that's just telling you in your gut, I know I was made to do, to do be." accomplish more than I'm doing right now, especially when I got the power of the universe resting inside of me. Okay. Maybe it's a level. Maybe you're praying on behalf of someone else. Maybe it's a health report. Maybe it's a health issue, and you need God to move in a significant way. Now, I ask you these questions before I get started because I want you to target what you're hearing to your situation. I don't just want you to listen to what I say. I want you to lock on to what does the Lord speak to your heart about when you hear it said? That's the value, okay? And so that's what I'm going to take you through. And I'm going to talk to you about two primary things. But when I say the word fearless, this is what I mean about being fearless. I do not mean being without fear, okay? All intelligent people are afraid of something, right? There's, as long as we're on this side of heaven, there will be some fear, okay? But what I mean by being fearless is being fearless, being fearless, fear having less of an influence on our actions and our decisions. Many times the gap between where we are right now and where we're looking for, what God, for, for God to do in our lives, the gap that is just a few fearless actions. Just a few. All the planning you're doing, all the conversations, all the books you're reading, oh, that's great, but I do a lot of work in leadership development. I, work, I do a lot of executive coaching. Here's what amazes me. There's a lot of meetings that have place, that are taking place, just to avoid the one decision that needs to be made. (laughs) And we do that in our lives all the time. We we justify it as getting counsel, trying to be real wise, trying to be thoughtful. I get all that. But what it really comes down to many times is just afraid. And when you're afraid, here's what fear does. Fear extends time. Faith collapses it. Fear extends time. Ask the Israelites 40 years in the desert. Should be a few months between deliverance out of Egypt and into their promise, but they lived in that in-between zone, which I like to call the land of good enough. Even though God has so much more for them, is this making some sense? I want to make sure this is practical. Okay, so as I am talking to my brothers and sisters, right, the gap between where I am and what God wants to do is whether I fill that gap with faith or whether I allow fear to keep existing in that spot, okay? Now, the scripture tells us already that the just shall walk or the just shall live by faith. It says we are to walk by faith and not by sight. Yet it's fascinating how frustrating we get and how angry we get when we actually have to live by faith. I would do this, but I haven't seen any result. Ah, Well, that is kind of like the definition. (laughs) Faith is the substance of things hoped for The evidence of things not yet seen God made it very clear Let me tell you what the currency of the kingdom is Without faith as it says in Hebrews It is impossible to please God What God desires most is just to simply be believed And the only thing that can stop us from believing Has a lot to do with where we allow our focus to go Now, to make this practical, and I love during Super Bowl season, or at least football season, I got like one more week to just random reasons to bring up football stories. (laughs) Okay, 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 then, then the season's over, I got nothing. Right, but gotta wait till, you know, September. Okay, but as for right now, since it's Super Bowl Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday and I laugh, Monica says, you yeah, know, I really don't care. You know, look, My wife doesn't care either, at all. She, like, she watches like lifetime movies during the Super Bowl, which is another conversation. I saw your wife clap, you know, they're like, feels like the same writer writes every one of those movies, doesn't it? I mean, okay, anyways, I got off track. Sorry, bring me back. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I I, I walk in the room like, honey, I can tell you how it ends and I can tell you in the middle. Okay, anyway. (laughs) But anyhow, uh, there's something that happens in a football game. And and this is for, you know, everybody who's interested in football, but especially some of the men who kind of interested. There is a objective of the defensive coordinator. And in some ways we call it chaos theory. The objective is is to create enough distraction so the quarterback, even though we can't stop the play, because the play they call is actually the right play, and there's a receiver actually open. But what we want to do is create enough chaos so the quarterback loses focus on the objective and starts to pay attention to the chaos around him. Now, even though we can't get to him, we want him to think we can And as a result of that, he will not see the objective, and he'll look this way. Therefore, we've already won, or at least messed up that play. Now, what people understand the difference between a mediocre quarterback and a great quarterback is a mediocre quarterback functions by sight, or more importantly, by fear or by his senses. A great quarterback functions by faith. People are like, what do you mean? See, because this way, as, as a receiver in the league, and know how it worked, as great as it looks like on television, when the quarterback let the ball go, the receiver wasn't open. That ball was out of his hands, and the receiver may not even made his break yet. He has to trust and believe that by the time he lets it go, the receiver will be there. It's the only way. Now, the average, mediocre quarterback, guess what he has to do? He won't let it go until he's sure he's open. Then he realizes he's no longer open. <laughs> I want this to register now. <laughs> believers, we have such an advantage, yet we function like the world. If we didn't have Jesus, if we didn't have the power of the universe, if we, the uh, way I, I, I like to describe this, well, I didn't say this the earlier, but so I like to describe it, Jesus people, believers, those of us walking with the power of the anointing of the Holy Spirit in us, we get the, you know, we're possibility thinkers. See, the world has to function by probability. They got to deal just natural odds. See, they don't have a variable. They don't have an ingredient like face like we have. That changes the whole dynamic. Therefore, to make it practical, my wife and I, our youngest daughter, we get a report. We spend a week in the Seattle Children's Hospital. We, we go there discovering that our youngest daughter has lupus. Now, if I have to go through that in the way the rest of the world goes through it, when the first two days they're checking to make sure it's not leukemia, All of a sudden, there's a variable missing in that equation, which is what? Faith. If I have faith, I can't imagine going through the ups and downs of life without the variable. The most significant variable is that I get to trust God. But see, we got to realize, this is not just when big moments happen. We are to walk by faith. That's how we're supposed to live. This is how we're supposed to function. And so when we function this way, now, the enemy knows, golly, I got to get them to get distracted. Because the devil knows, if I don't distract you, they know that I've already been beat. And I can't let them know I've already been beat. So I throw a whole bunch of stuff at them. Let them spend more time fearful and complaining instead of trusting. Now I got them on my uh, playing for. Does this make some sense? And so that's why as I'm preaching to you right now, as I'm speaking to you, I, like I said, I'm a coach by nature. I want to speak to the greatness in you, not to the weakness. I want to speak to the part of you that says, okay, we need to come up, not down, as my grandmother used to say. I want to make sure we live up to our privilege, not beneath it. And in order to do that, we got to understand what the word says is true. We are to walk by faith. So here's the two fears I want to make sure we deal with today. First fear is what I like to call is the fear of failure. Fear of failure. And fear of failure has a lot to do with a confidence issue. It's a lack of belief. Okay? And, and we fear failure. It, it, because if I were to do this, if I were to take an action, even the word fear, fear is an emotion. It's an anticipation of danger. It causes hesitation. It is anticipating what's going to happen in the future, but unfortunately of what can go wrong in the future. So as a result of that, I do nothing right now. But not only does it anticipate what can go wrong in the future, guess what else it does? It has you reflect back in your past of what didn't go right. And so it starts to cause you to think, "I knew since it didn't work before, it won't work again. Here's what happens. This is how the enemy works. He causes you to forget all the times God has shown up in your life. This is why when we talk about overcoming the fear of failure, you got to reflect back on the times he's shown up in your life. There's a reason in sports we call it highlight films. We review highlight films before we play in the next game. Why? It's not a good idea to review the low light film. (laughs) Probably not a good idea to be reminded how many times we screwed up before. I hope that fired you up, guys. Let's go play now. No, I need a picture of what it looks like, of what success looks like, that then fuels me with confidence of where I go next. This is why the scripture says in Revelation, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the power of our testimony. We have to reflect on our wins. If I came in here right now, I said, look, I mean, if if you don't have it made it a habit yet, all through the Old Testament, God used to always say, uh, uh, I mean, the Israelites, even when they crossed over, they grabbed memorial stones to remind them of what God has already done. What's your list of wins? What's your list of all? See, because the enemy wants to cause you to be distracted from all the great things he's already done for you. What the devil likes to do is to get you to focus on the 10% of your life that's not right and think about about it 100% of the time. Now he got your whole life looking like a mess. No, just 10% of it. But you don't see the other 90%, so I guess it's 100% of your life is messed up. See the game of the devil? See how he plays with us? This is what we're going to overcome. Now, Here's why I can talk about fear of failure all we want, but fear of failure causes you to take chances, take risks, because here's what happens sometimes. We feel like because I failed, like some of us in here, because I failed in a relationship must mean I'm a failure. No, it doesn't. Because I made a mistake doesn't mean you are a mistake. I don't care what other people say about you. Other people don't get to define who you are. He does. He's the one who created you. Your identity is found in him. What does he say about you? You're not a mistake. You're not a failure, you know. This is the game the enemy does that causes us to believe or to settle at a spot so far beneath our privilege. Okay, I want you to feel was like, because this is something you're going to have to overcome, like sometimes being out of your comfort zone. So I'm going to challenge some of you right now. you what I'm going to do. I'm actually going to grab somebody. Yeah, I know you're like, this dude came out of town and just <laughs> started tripping. <laughs> right? But I'm going to grab somebody. I'm, I'm going to select you, okay? And I'm going to have you come up here and just, just quickly, I'm going to grab a mic and give it to you, and just ask you to, just a quick little summary, of what you felt about the worship so far, whatever. But I, I won't keep you up here long. And so let me find somebody. Hey, wait, hold on. Here's what's funny. People think, if I don't look at him, <laughs> he won't see me. I become invisible, right? <laughs> okay. okay. Now, let, let me ease you. I'm not having anybody come up. Look, you hear this collective sigh. Oh. Okay. I, I, I love that part because people are like, you know, literally, I can hear heartbeats. Speeding up. <laughs> I walked over this direction. This whole side went, oh. Okay, now, I'm having a little fun with it. But what you just experienced is what it's like to feel fear. Even something that I just had you imagine. And typically, what you desire most, the blessing you're waiting for God to bring in your life, the thing you want to, you're going to have to go through that spot. He's going to walk with you through it, but you will go through it. One of the greatest lines a mentor told me once, and I forgot to mention earlier, was he said, Eric, you got to realize when it comes to God and what God does with us, he goes, fear is only a doorway you walk through. It's not a house you live in. It's a transition, but you will experience. Because all you got to do is look at all the characters in the Bible. And every single time, they had to keep coming face to face with a fear before they transition to that. It's it's like part of the transition. But God's like, I want you to discover, and the only way for you to discover that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world is when you face what's in the world. You have to have that test. And so when we talk about overcoming the fear of failure, I didn't talk about how to avoid failure. That's just part of it. What I told you is how to overcome fear. Because right now, your fear of value is preventing you from collapsing the time necessary to do what needs to be done. What's the conversation you need to have? What's the thing that needs to be taking place right now? What is it? What do you want to make right? What is not only the problem you need to solve, but what's the opportunity just for you, but you keep avoiding it? I told one group a little uh, earlier that it's amazing how we will allow we will choose unhappiness over uncertainty. We'd rather be unhappy and certain about it <laughs> than take the risk to go through uncertainty. Why? Because going through uncertainty requires us to walk by faith. <laughs> I know this is practical. My, I always like to say my number one rule, I'm, I'm like Captain Obvious, Right? <laughs> But the bottom line is we got to realize what we're talking about is simple but not easy. But this is where our breakthrough is. You have everything you need inside of you to do what needs to be done. It's just waiting for you to act on it. The Bible says God will bless what you do. In everything you do, it didn't say in everything you contemplate. It says everything you do. Oh, you, got, you can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. Look at the word action. There's action connected to everything. Because it's not just action. He wants you to witness how powerful he is when you do it. See, there's where the power is. And this is what's exciting. So to overcome the fear of failure, do what makes you uncomfortable. You feel all the butterflies in your stomach? That's probably a good idea. That's probably what you need to do. Well, I want to make sure I do exactly right. Well, there's a good chance you probably won't. <laughs> but you're going to discover God's grace in the middle of it. He says, do your best. His grace will take care of the rest. This is how it works. But we sit on the sideline for so long not taking action. And you blink 40 years ago go by, and you're still looking at your promised land that was right there. And because you were afraid to go over it, you didn't go forth. Now, keeping this in mind, to overcome it, I'm talking about collapsing time. But the relationship, your desire, whatever your promised land is, the, heart, the most heartbreaking of that whole story for me is when Joshua and the Israelites finally cross over into the promised land and they're talking to Rahab. And Rahab says to them, basically, we've been afraid of you all the whole time. They spent 40 years in the desert Afraid of an enemy who were more afraid of them. That's real regret. And as believers, we don't have to live that way. So take action. Second fear I want you to identify is what I like to call the fear of rejection. <laughs> I'm worried about being right, man. I, I'm telling you, rejection, there's nothing fun about that. But fear of rejection many times manifests itself in the inability to ask for what you really want, do what you really need to do. We become mind readers. We're consumed with what everybody thinks about us far more than finding our identity and who Christ says we are. It was interesting. Um, my grandma, a very wise woman, she used to say it best. She says, son, there's a rule. She called it the 1840-60 rule. She goes, at 18, you worry about what everybody thinks about you. At 40, you stop caring what people think about you. But at six, you finally discover that no one was thinking about you in the first <laughs> place. Okay. 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 So you wasted all that time, literally, like, I wonder what they're thinking about me. If they're not. You know, here's what you discover. Everybody's thinking about the same thing you're thinking about themselves. Okay. okay. And that's the challenge with fear. And this is what I'm going to have you. we got to figure out a way. How do we overcome this fear of rejection? How do we start get better at asking for what we want? Now, I'll give you one example. I had a buddy in high school. And, uh, you know, the Bible says, uh, you have not because you ask not. Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name, I will give it to you. Uh, uh, but, but I had a buddy in high school that uh, this really made sense on me. He, he, we couldn't understand, just, just being honest. With you, I c- couldn't understand how he was going on these dates. Now, I finally lived that principle, but we couldn't understand how he was going on these dates because there was no justification that we could see. (laughs) There was not one quality we could identify that justified the dates he went on. (laughs) Just nothing. I mean, it definitely wasn't looks. It, 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 It wasn't. Billy in school, wasn't sports, he didn't do music. We did not get it. I mean, it was like, there was a, what do you call those, uh, you know, something, you know, a, a, a mystery, a paradox, I don't know. Okay, well, finally, we talked about him for most of the year. You know how it works. You're kind of jealous of him, but instead of asking how he does it, we just talked about him behind his back. So <laughs> that's what people do sometimes. But then finally, we go to him and say, look, man, you got to have to give us some information, bro. <laughs> like, how is this happening? He was like, oh, I'll tell you guys. I said, fine. He goes, like hey, this is what I do. I like go up to her like yeah, he was like and I'm like would you like to go out? <laughs> we were like <laughs> 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 What are you telling me you, you just go and ask her he's like yeah, I said then she just says yes, he was like oh no, 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 no. She says no I said, oh, and we're like, oh. Then what do you do? He says, I ask why. And what she do? She tells me. I said, then what happens? He goes, well, after she tells me, I go work on it and come back. A few days later, I ask again. I said, what? And then she says, yes. He goes, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> That's when she gives me the real reason. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. I said, and then you go back and work on that. He says, no, it's always things I can't fix, right? I, didn't know. You know? I said, then how in the world do you go on a day? He says, because I come back a third time. I said, what are you doing a third time? He says, I asked her out again. And she says, yes. He says, do you know how hard it is to tell anybody no three times <laughs> <laughs> why I'm married, right? <laughs> okay. okay, so now, now follow this. I want you keep this in mind. For many of us believers, and I want you to personalize this. We even sometimes hesitate to ask God for what we really want. We we do. If you were to sit down and evaluate how often you complain in comparison to how often you pray for what you desire. You complain about what you don't have, but you rarely pray about what you actually desire. And even if you just reverse that order. And God's like, look, I have... I, he said, I have plans for you, Jeremiah 29, to prosper you, give you a future and a hope. That's what I have for you. But you don't ever ask for what you want. Jesus at the pool of Bethesda, John chapter 5, he asked the, the layman, do you want to get well? The layman's answer, well, I can't get anybody to help me get to the pool. and da, 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 da. He just made, gave me all the excuses. Jesus is better than me. I would have said this way. I didn't ask you that. At no point did I ask you any. I asked, do you want to get well? God is speaking to everyone. Do you want your marriage right? Do you want your health right? Do you want this right? Do you want, uh-oh. well, let me tell you why it's not. I don't need to know. We're talking about God. There's nothing he does not know. But the question is, what do you want? Have you given yourself permission to ask for what you desire, what you really want? But here's the reason why we have so much fear of rejection. We believe I have to earn it. I love uh, when Jereth was speaking earlier and he was talking about performance. Like, we have to perform for God. Like, I have to do this to earn this. Don't you know? <clears throat> I mean, God, I'm speaking to somebody in here. If you believe your relationship with God is dependent on your love for Him, you're already in trouble. It's His love for you that you're banking on, not your love for Him. It's His love that is so great for you, that's what you're relying on. I love you so much, I will die for it. That's the love you're depending on. Not how grateful you are for it. Not how much you love it. Because some days, we all know, if i got to depend on me, I am in trouble. But we're depending on his love for us. That makes the biggest difference. So once you know that, it helps you eliminate what we like to call the fear of rejection. But I'm going to give you one little quick little activity. Give me a couple minutes. I know it might be two minutes, a couple minutes over. But I want you to experience this to see how powerful it can be. So, if you all don't mind, will you please stand with me? Okay? So please stand with me. Okay. Always like asking groups to stand, I always look at those ones like, I did not come here for that. Right? right? Okay, I'm like, like I'm asking you to do burpees or something. right? Okay, just stand up, man. That's all I ask. Just stand up. Okay. Uh, but here's what I want you to do. In the same spirit, that I asked you to do it. not because you really want to, just because I kind of asked you to do it. Uh, Will you at least introduce yourself to the people? Even if you know the person you came here with, still, I want you to introduce them to them. Just be nice, but kind of introduce you to the people next to them. Just go ahead and do that right now. All right, all right. Good job. Good job. Good job. Okay. Okay. Let me tell you what I'm going to have you do. Don't move. Don't move. But let me tell you how I'm going to have you do now. Now, I thank you for doing that. But this time, here's the only slight little adjustment I want you to make. I want you to do the same thing. But this time, I want you to imagine that you're connecting with your long-lost best friend. It's like the greatest day of your life. You can't believe you're seeing them right now. Go ahead and do that now. <laughs> 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 oh, this yourself so. Hell. Go ahead and take a seat. Go ahead and take a seat. Okay. <laughs> oh, man, that's so, you guys, uh, uh, guys hugging, rubbing each other's heads. I mean, it was awesome, right? Okay, now I will tell you, a couple points, just a couple points, and let me close, a couple points I want you to feel. Just like fear of failure, just like fear of rejection, both of those fears have amazing impacts on us. But what you just did just now was destroy the fear of rejection. You destroyed it. I have people smiling at me right now. Who some of the servants were sitting there looking at me like this. <laughs> Bro, you got like I better be out of here by 12:30, or they're gonna be a problem, right? Okay. But after this activity, there's smiles on the face, and you guys are feeling. Even though it was a, something I made up, the feeling is tangible. Am I not right? Don't you feel it in the room? There's a different. And many of you will see each other again and never forget even this little connection you had, right? Okay, now, why do I bring this up? Because the way we destroy the fear of rejection is we don't think about rejection. You didn't spend time thinking about yourself when you did that activity. You were thinking about how to make the other person feel. You thought of them as the most important person in the world, not yourself. One of the things that's powerful, and I hope you grasp this, fear in itself is selfish. It is selfish. It is selfish. It is being consumed with how things are going to impact you. And the only thing that's greater, if fear is selfish, oh, what's the most selfless thing in the world? Love. And the scripture says perfect love casts out, dispels, get rid of fear. So when I connect with another and I'm not spending time thinking about what I want, but I think about what they need, all of a sudden the fear of rejection has no power. Even if rejection takes place, I wasn't going in it for my benefit. When the scripture says it's more blessed to give than to receive, do we get it? When I give, many times, what I desire most, it's like the law comes back in abundance when I'm not thinking about what I need. So what is it in my marriage I want more of? How can I give that? What do I want more in this relation? How can I give that? It's not about the marriage getting better. It's not about my spouse. We're praying for all that. But Lord, who do I need to be? To be not only worthy of what we're asking for, but you want to bless me. You, you, you bring a blessing to me, but more importantly, you want the blessing to flow through me. Fear will cause you to hoard what you should be giving more of. Fear will cause you to protect instead of freely give. Fear causes you not to live in abundance. Because he says, I come to give you life and life more abundantly. He said, I come to give you life and life more sc- with scarcity. That's, that's not what he said. He wants that to flow through you. Does this make sense? Jerry, so I'm going to ask if the worship team would come up. Here's what I want to leave with you all. I want this to really resonate with every single person here. The gap between, the distance between, it's not even based on time. It's not even based on you know, uh, uh, um, real estate. But it's based on your faith. You've got to realize how loved you are, and that even when you step out of your comfort zone, you're never out there by yourself. Your trust is in him. There's a scripture, and i love to end it with this, that says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not to your own destination. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Okay, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not to your own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. I'm not even going to get deeply spiritual. I'm just going to get practical. You know why he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding? Because you don't have enough information to lean to your own understanding. You don't know what's going to happen an hour from now. Do you really want to trust you with that? (laughs) Do you see how practical that is? But the God of the universe, Jesus Christ himself said, I love you so much I was willing to die for you. You are in the palm of my hand. I got life for you. But the way you get that life is you're going to have to lose your life. And the way you lose your life is you don't lose it literally. You lose the fear of holding on to it. I got so much for you. Don't you dare let that go by living in the land of good enough. Pray with me if you would. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for today. It's such an encouragement. I thank you for my brothers and sisters here. I leave here better than I came, but I pray the same thing is for each one of them father your word says when two or three are gathered in your name you're in the midst you showed up today and so we're grateful for that but lord god i pray right now that there's people in this room who's let hopes dreams desires ah lord kind of get buried under the ground because lord they've been hoping and seeing nothing they've been trying and feels like they get hit every time they do but lord god you're a lord of resurrection you resurrect things that others think are dead you bring them back to life So I pray right now you bring back to life relationships, health, situations, whatever it is, that they walk out of here with a greater hope than they've ever had before. Father, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you so much for having me. God bless you. God bless you.